Welcome, this is the Sales IQ Podcast. My name is Luigi Prestonenzi, and I'm on a mission to help salespeople be the best sales professionals they can be. Each week, we'll bring you a different message from thought leaders from around the globe, so we can help you master the art of selling. Welcome to another episode of the Sales IQ Podcast. I'm your host, Luigi Prestonenzi, and as always, I'm pumped and excited that you have joined us for what will be an epic episode. This week, we're joined by an absolute legend in the sales game. He is an international best-selling author. Three books, New Sales Simplified, Sales Management Simplified, and The Sales Truth. Sales Truth is one of my favorite books, and it is a hot topic. It's a controversial book that Mike's brought out to really debunk the myths. You know, some of the influencers who are putting out some really bad messages in our industry that are making that are making it hard for sales professionals to be successful. So this is going to be an awesome episode. Guys, just want to talk a bit about this particular topic because this is also something that I'm really passionate about. We're living in the world where we're being inundated with information. And as sales people, sales professionals, business owners, entrepreneurs, whatever role you play in the world of sales, we're being told to stop traditional outreach messages. Stop cold calling, stop sending out emails, stop reaching out to customers and create content. Create so much content that your customers will just email you. They'll just, you'll just have a whole bunch of leads magically appear in your inbox. Now, for those guys out there, for the Truth Bomb Tuesdays and anybody associated, I call bullshit. And this episode, we're really going to break that down and, and talk about those myths. Guys, I cannot stress enough, if you are not proactive, if you are not out there making it rain, you will be coming to a point that someday you'll get to a point of performance management. You'll get to that point, that dreaded point where you are looking at being fired. Your pipeline will be anorexic and things will be difficult for you to work through. So this is not a social versus cold rant at all. This is about saying, utilize the tools at your disposal, but master each of them. Use a combination approach that my good friend Tony Hughes talks about, and make sure your pipeline is robust and it ain't anorexic, so that you can have every opportunity, every piece of luck that you need to be successful. So also I wanna just say, I have had so many messages come through this last week through the listeners, I wanna thank you because these messages are awesome about why you're liking the show. I got a great message about how I could improve the show, which was fantastic and I want more of those messages. Would love your reviews. So if, if you're sending me those notes, um, please jump on iTunes or wherever you listen and, and add a review. Tell me what, you know, put that message in there about what you like about the show. So, you know, really enjoying that. Keep connected with me, LinkedIn, and share this show. This is going to be awesome. I can't wait for you to listen to this. Mike is the real deal. Um, he just doesn't, he packs you know, so much value in, in the messages that he puts out there. And I had the great opportunity of meeting him at Outbound and it truly was an awesome epic event that made me a better sales professional. So guys, hope you enjoy this episode. Get your pens out, wherever you're listening and let's talk sales truth. So um, yeah, really excited that I have the great man that is Mike Weinberg join the Sales IQ podcast, mate. So thank you so much for being a guest on our show. Oh my gosh, Luigi, thanks for getting up early and thanks for coming all the way to the, the States to visit with us personally back in April. And 
I cannot wait to talk about sales with you. Oh, mate, it was a pleasure. And I, I, I keep telling sales, I've got a few now. I've got a few of my clients who are, who are um, creating competitions for the high performers to go to Outbound next year. So I've been spruiking the message. It's now on my annual calendar, Mike. And I can't say how much I benefited from attending Outbound, man. It was an epic event. Well, you were a breath of fresh air and I'm so <laughs> thankful for our friendship. And I love reading what you're writing and that you're fighting for truth and helping salespeople. And uh, I can't wait for this dialogue with you. So thank oh. you for having me on your show. No, man, like I said, it's a, it's a privilege for us. So, but, but before we get into um, you know, the three truths that we need to you know, break in order to be um, successful in sales, would love to know, you know a bit more about how you started in the world of sales. Yeah, it's interesting you ask. I never wanted to be in sales. <laughs> My dad was a big time sales manager and sales executive uh, based in New York City. And I always grew up thinking, no, I'm too smart for sales and I'm going to be a real business guy. And <laughs> they, they teased me. You know, I said, when I said, I'm not going to go into sales. And then it was a couple of years into my career um, working for a really big company. Uh, and I got to watch the CEO operate and he was the chief salesperson. Yeah. And I got to go on a bunch of sales calls with him with some of our biggest accounts. And I watching him sell to other senior executives really showed me that sales wasn't what I thought it was. It wasn't about being pushy or manipulative or pushing something on somebody. It was about making a friend and being a consultant and bringing value and understanding your client's world. And if you could help them achieve a better outcome and have a better future, then you, you likely would be able to sell them more stuff. Yeah. And that mentoring from that CEO and then seeing what other really good salespeople in my company were doing is what challenged me to actually get into sales in the first place. And I, I mean, I never dreamt, forget that I would be a best-selling author or a consultant. I never even dreamt I'd be in sales. So it's very humorous. My family does not let me forget things I said 25 years ago about never going into sales. And here we are today. So, well, mate, and, and, and you know what? And you've made, you've impacted thousands of people globally. So, you know, it must be quite humbling to think that you didn't start with the view of working in sales to a point where you've, you're actually leading, you're one of the leading influencers globally when it comes to the world of sales. Oh man, thank you. It's weird. It's humbling. You know, I never expected this. I, I expected I'd have a nice little consulting firm and I'd go into companies and help them fix sales and coach their salespeople. Uh, you know, when that first book came out, New Sales Simplified, it's been seven years and uh, no one expected it to become what it's become. And I didn't either. You know, it's it's basic, simple sales truth. And, yeah. and I think part of the reason it keeps selling at the rate it is, is because the world is hungry for simple things that work. And you see this in your country and I see it in mine and it's the same across Europe. Um, there's a lot of nonsense. There's a lot of confusion. People are unsure what to do, how to pick up new business today. Yeah. And people like you and me and my friends in the outbound conference, we simplify what, what it takes and we tell the truth and it works. And, and, you know, that's part of the reason I wrote this last book, sales truth is because what I was seeing Luigi with my own eyes in real companies where I travel and consult and speak and train, what I was seeing work to pick up new business was very different from what I was reading online by supposed sales experts, mm. some of them from your country and yeah. some from mine, who, who write nonsense and tell us that everything in sales has changed and traditional methods don't work. And if you don't do this new thing or this do things certain ways or play on social media or have an incredible inbound platform, and if salespeople don't put out content all day long, 
then they're going to struggle. And Mm. what I read doesn't align with what I see with my own eyes. And that's what prompted me to write this book and to be really darn blunt about some of the myths today about selling and then to share what the best practices are of those people that are absolutely crushing it. So that's what, that's what brings us to today. Yeah. So that's where, you know, the inspiration, because I was going to say, you know, the, the two books that you you've authored and for me, I love new sales simplified, but the management book that you created for me has a greater impact because if I look mm. at, you know, where managers, the impact managers can have on, on sales performance, it's huge. And, um, you know, unfortunately, I say this to like, like we, you know, managers get promoted because they're good at selling and then they're just, they're given no training whatsoever when it comes to management. Then when they don't perform, no, like, none, well, none. you know, what's yeah, going on, that, you know? <laughs> and so well, and here's, what's, here's what's confusing. This is what I see because, and this was a shock to me and I see it with a lot of my younger clients or newly promoted sales managers. What it takes to succeed in sales is very different hmm. than what it takes to succeed in sales management. The only thing similar about the jobs is the word sales. Yeah. Everything else is different, you know, and so it's a big adjustment. And I appreciate your kind words about that book. I, I, uh, it's become the most reviewed sales manager book on Amazon. And it's just the basics of what is good sales management. You know, how do you, how do you create a high performance culture and manage your people smart and coach up or coach out underperformers mm-hmm. and get in the field and lead good team meetings and then, you know, do the, do the manager's job when it comes to sales process. Yeah. And unfortunately, so many companies have lost sight of the sales manager's job. Absolutely. And they bury that poor person in so much nonsense and so much crap that they never get to do their day job, which is work with their people, lead the team, mm-hmm. right? Help drive revenue. So it's it just it's maddening. Yeah. And you know what? We that's a that's really something I'm really passionate about. So we'll have to take that to another day so we can talk because I am you know, super excited. I think when your book came out, I know I couldn't get the book beforehand, but I uh, I couldn't I couldn't wait anymore for it to come in the mail from Amazon. So I downloaded it from Audible, and I tell you what, it did not let me down. And in two days, it took me to get through it. Um, and I was even more excited when it came in the mail because I've got the uh, in my hand, I've got the hard copy, right? Which is always even it's even better. But I want to. That, that um, sounded like some that sounded like sales truth. Yeah, you were banging on right there. I can hear the cover, you know. That, um, but what I, and I want to talk about this because you've branched it before already. These experts, right? And I mean, is that where the inspiration came to write Sales Truth? Is to sort of say, hey, we need to um, we need to push back on some of the and I call it nonsense. I call, I call it noise, right? Um, but that noise is having an impact on our industry because look. I've been a sales professional my whole life, and I can tell you early on in my life, if I could find a shortcut, I would, right? So when we hear that, you know, you could produce content and you have a magic pool of leads, sales qualified leads in your inbox every day, um, salespeople are grabbing onto that. And the impact it's having, we know it. 50% of salespeople are not meeting target, right? I think that's a Salesforce report. And then there's the Gartner one that says something similar. So it's kind of like a sales epidemic, right? of people with anorexic pipelines. So, <laughs> you, you know, is that where you sort of, you know, really wanted to combat that with sales truth? Yes. And I felt like I was in a unique position because people know that I'm popular and I have a lot of work and I'm flying around the globe with big companies and small. So I felt like I was positioned to tell the truth yeah. and take the risk and call out these people that we call charlatans, especially the social selling charlatans, because what they're saying is not just wrong. I mean, some of it is just cheap and disingenuous. And, yeah. you know, you and I earlier this week had an exchange uh, 
on LinkedIn about, about someone posting something in your country about, about what salespeople needed to do. And they were quoting Gary Vaynerchuk, mm. Gary V, who's very popular and quite a celebrity and has an enormous following on social channels. And in this video, he basically said to everyone, you need, you need to put out 100 pieces of content a week. I mean, a day, a day 100 yeah. pieces of content a day to be credible. And this moron went out and said to salespeople, see, I told you that traditional methods don't work. Even Gary V says you got to put out 100 pieces of content, right? So you freaked out because you're like, wait a second. And I hear it and I freak out because here's the, forget the fact that it's stupid. The, the other reality is Gary V is not a role model for business to business salespeople. Absolutely. Not. He's an online celebrity wearing his t-shirt and his ski cap, dropping F-bombs every other sentence. You know, and he has a very general message about, about growth and success. But he's not a business-to-business -business salesperson trying to get attention of corporate buyers. So doing what he does to build his brand is not the formula for us. And I'll, I'll just add this one point that I'm, I want to hear your reaction. But I wrote about the, the other egregious example from a few months back in my country, where one of the social selling experts, right, who says their firm, they're the digital sales transformation experts, yeah. whatever the heck that means, right? And these people are the founders of this social selling training company, declare they're the experts on the planet for how to do social selling and how to transform your sales effort. The chief sales officer for that company put up a post of himself holding up a, a Forbes magazine with Kylie Jenner on the cover. She's a B-list celebrity from the famous Kardashian family. Mm -hmm. And she, the article basically said she is one of the youngest people to get to a billion dollars of net worth. Yeah. And this desperate social selling expert said, basically, can't you see that social selling leads to real sales? Look at Kylie Jenner. <laughs> she didn't cold call her way to a billion dollars net worth. And I'm like, holy cow, like that's a worse example than the Gary Vaynerchuk one. Yeah. Like, so this, this attractive woman B-list celebrity posting half naked selfies on Instagram who gets to a billion dollars in her fashion business, you're holding her up as the example for our corporate clients, for the banker salesperson or the industrial salesperson or the defense company salesperson or the consultant salesperson or the software salesperson. They should be taking selfies and posting them on Instagram. Like, She's the role model or mm. Gary V dropping F-bombs being super cool. He's the example for social selling. Like what's your take? Like I read that and go, that's so stupid. No. Someone has to call these people out. I, I can't subscribe to those theories and I'll tell you why. And I, one of the stories I use, and I love how he gets so passionate because one of the stories I talk about in my sales training, I keep saying this mindset, image pipeline sales is I cannot focus on the sale, right? I've got to focus on my mindset and you guys have, um, although I don't love the coffee, but when I come to America, it's there, Starbucks, right? And the story of Starbucks is insane, that it took him so many times to get to a yes. You know, in, and he's created one of the biggest, you know, chains, coffee chains globally, um, mil, you know, worth billions of dollars. And it took, I think, 242 times to get people to come on board and invest in his, in his concept, right? That's what, for me they're the people we need to be holding up from a picture perspective. Because in my eyes, um, Mike, sales is fucking hard, right? And I say this, it is, there is no, <laughs> right? What we do today or what we do for a month or six months, all of a sudden doesn't work tomorrow. 
And you're right, we aren't selling to the 16 year old, you know, my daughter's 16 turning 17 and she looks at these influencers. We're not selling to them. We're selling to C level, whether we like it or not, the person making the decisions is the CEO of a business that's gonna be making investment. And people might say, but no, but I do with a HR director, but guess what? At some point, it comes down to the buying process is a CEO that's saying, I need to grow my business and I need to reduce costs. And this is why we make decisions. You know, and a lot of these people aren't on social. And so, you know, the first truth that I think that I, that I love about your book is actually going, guess what, guys? There is no secret source. There is no, you know, social channel. And that's why I struggle with the concept of holding people up in a light that, yes, you know, it's a great way to combat an argument, but it doesn't have relevance to what we do. Sorry, I got a bit uh, animated there, Mike. <laughs> exactly. No, I, I I love your passion, and it, what's what's dangerous to me, Luigi, is that typically the people that listen to these these experts, the fake experts, who think that they should follow Kylie Jenner or Gary Vee's example, it's not the good salespeople. It's the struggling, gullible Correct. salesperson looking for the shortcut or the easy button or for some help because they don't want to do the hard work. Mm. They don't want to fix their messaging. They don't want to work on prospecting to get a meeting. They want they want the secret sauce. They want the hack. So if I could just put out content and blog or comment on LinkedIn all day, then I'm going to be good. So what, why I get so angry is it's the people that need the help the most who finally are getting up the nerve to pick up the phone or, or ask for a referral or do the hard thing in sales. And then they read some of this nonsense that these idiots put out. And they go, oh, see, it doesn't work anyway. I don't want to, I'm not going to pick up the phone. Why would I do that when I should go write an article? Mm. And it's, in, let me just say this too, because I, I could be accused of being a hypocrite because I put out a lot of content yeah. and I'm on social media a whole lot during the week. And I cover this in sales truth. I'm not a hypocrite because I'm not a business to business salesperson. I'm a consultant and an author and people pay me for my intellectual property, yeah. right? So I, I am a bad example. I'm not the right use case. Just like Gary Vee is not the right use case. Mm. You should copy, my message to salespeople is you should emulate the behavior and the approaches of the people in your industry that are on top. Absolutely. Whatever they're doing to get appointments, whatever they're doing to set themselves apart and not get commoditized, that's who you want to copy. Yeah. Don't, don't listen to celebrities and people that aren't in sales tell you how you should be selling. That's mm. the greatest crock ever. You know, and, and I'm interviewing high performers all over the world, right? Um, because I want to learn what those characteristics are. And there's three characteristics that I'm seeing that are common. They're competitive, they have a desire to succeed, and they're always learning, right? And when I then talk to them, like Carson Hetty, I'm not sure if you had the opportunity to talk to Carson Hetty, um, you know, one of the top performers at Microsoft, one of his biggest deals was because he did a cold outreach, Right. Um, not an inbound, and he's got SDRs, booking appointments, but he was responsible for his pipeline. He was responsible that if his pipeline's empty or full, and that's for me the first truth, is you know um, we've got to take accountability, right? We've got to be accountable for our own success. And that comes from being aware of what it takes to be successful and not hiding behind the keyboard. Boy, I love it. <laughs> yeah, and, and that's, I'm just, I'm just thinking about which way to go with this response. One of the strongest messages once I get to part two in sales truth, when I'm done yelling at the experts, <laughs> the, the, the first point I start to make about top producers and sales hunters is we have to master being an opportunity creator, yeah. which means we, as the individual seller, take full responsibility 
for filling our own pipeline. Yep. And it's great if there's SDRs or lead generation people or inbound marketing that are giving you leads or making appointments for you. That's awesome. I'll take every freebie I can get. But top producers never count on that, right? They own their calendar and they own their funnel and they say to themselves, listen, I, I'm going to make sure I keep enough activity going to fill the top of my pipeline so it's always full. So I always have an abundance of opportunities to work. And that that ensures consistent deal flow and that my business doesn't go up and down. And I'm never going to complain and act like a victim yeah. that it's my company's fault. They don't give me enough leads or the inside team doesn't make enough appointments. I have to own filling my own pipeline. So that that requires mastering creating opportunities, which means you got to own your calendar. It means yep. you got to have the right attitude about pursuing prospects and believe it's going to work and be motivated to really help them. It means that you have a really good strategic list of whose business you're going to go after. And then you need a very compelling message, right? That's, that's centered around issues you address for clients and outcomes you help achieve. Stop talking about yourself and your company and your solution and start talking about how you help people and what problems you solve and what results you help them accomplish. That's how you're going to get a message. And if you do all that stuff, attitude, mindset, target list, own your calendar, spend more time selling, fix your messaging, and then get really committed to prospecting. And you spend some time doing outbound and understanding what that looks like. You, you're unstoppable. Yeah, at that absolutely. Point, right? I mean, that's, that's the middle half of the book. That's where I go and share those best practices on those key points. You know, I love that. And this is why, this is why you know, I love the book and I love the message that comes out because we create opportunity. We make it rain, right? We can get out there. Like I had the best opportunity. I, I, on the plane last week to Sydney, Mike, sat down. I have my usual process. I sit down, introduce myself to the next person. This is something that Jeffrey Gittemore, um has, you know, he was a big influence in my career. Sales Bible, great book. That and um, Relationship yeah. Selling by Jim Cathcart were my two first sales books when I was 17, 18 years old, right? Um, but... You know, met the guy next to me, and guess what? He um, he's a he's a partner at a, v, at a at a private equity firm, and he owns a bunch of businesses. Next thing I know, he's saying, "Please call me next week." Now, for me, that is what sales is about. It is about everywhere you go is we've, we've got to get ourselves out there, and we create opportunities from nothing. That's why we are rewarded. I tell this to salespeople all the time. We get we make so much money when we're good at what we do. We make we make more money than doctors. And we ain't operating on brains. We're selling, right? We're getting out there and we're putting, we're, we're building relationships. We're identifying a problem. We're offering a solution, and we get rewarded, like the incredible, right? So that's why we get paid what we get paid, because it's about getting Preach, out there man, and you know, Luigi. you know what I mean. Like that's why this this is such a great profession, and you don't have to have an education to be successful in this profession. Um, That's so fantastic. Yeah. I, and I, I hope everyone hears what Luigi is saying. We, the reason we're able to earn this kind of money and be rewarded uh, at such high levels is because there are very few people willing to go out and create demand. Mm. I just, I just put a blog post out on this today. There's a whole lot of salespeople that can fulfill demand yep. and, and respond to opportunities or chase the ones that exist. There are very few that are committed to creating new opportunities. And the biggest rewards and the most freedom and the fattest pipeline and the fattest paychecks go to the sellers who are committed to creating their own opportunities. I love how you frame that up, Luigi. Oh, that's awesome. No, thanks, Mike. Because I, but that's, you know, from my end, I've, I've always, and I will, I will 
always worked in businesses that they never, you know, they never gave us leads. We had to create our own leads, you know, and that's what I, I try to teach salespeople is to say, you know, you want to be the person that can just needs a number. I used to love finding a business card back in the day, Mark. I'm like, yes, I got a business card. There's a mobile number on there, right? We have all that <laughs> detail and we've got those social intelligence tools. So can I ask, and this is one of the things that, that's why your book is, so, you know, the, the new management book is such a great book, the management book that you've got. But there's a lot of sales professionals craving external influence. And if we look at these so-called, you know, experts and why they're building a following, it's because sales people are looking for help, right? If I'm a sales professional listening to this going, okay, I'm on a path that might not be delivering results. So I've got to change that path. How do I differentiate between the expert and you know the fugazi, the the fake the fake person. Boy, nice use of the word fugazi. Uh, <laughs> I, you don't hear that one very often. <laughs> you hear me? You know what? It's really hard because you can paint yourself to look really accomplished uh, looking at a LinkedIn profile, but I, I think you have to ask the question of the experts that you follow. Yeah. Tell me about your clients and the impact you're making in their business. And tell me in your own sales career, where were you a top producer, right? Because there's a lot of people that either bought a franchise to be sales improvement trainers, yeah. or they were failed salespeople that now are selling inbound marketing, right? And like to tell you that today's buyer has changed and we need to adapt how we sell. But who's preaching that? Mm. Like when that's being preached to you by someone who's selling an inbound marketing service, which is the case with someone in your country, right? Like, it's, yep. is it really a sales expert or is it someone who's got a marketing thing to sell and everything is biased by an agenda? I would be very careful. You know, most people that are that are true sales experts, you, you've quoted Gittimer a few times, right? I mean, he's like the grandpa of the, of the industry at this point. Yeah. He's been doing this forever. Does he preach a certain methodology? Does he have a bias? No. What does Jeffrey tell you? Yes, prospect. Yes, network. Yes, introduce yourself to people on airplanes. Yes, you social. Yes, use every means available, right? Yeah. You you look at Jeb Blunt, you look at me, you look at other people. I don't have a buy. I'm not the, I'm not a cold they, they like to they like to put me in the box. Well, these those are the cold calling guys. I'm not a cold calling guy. It's one methodology, but it happens to work, especially when executed well. Yeah. But I don't I'm not pitching a process, right? My, my books essentially are sales process agnostic. And I work with all different kinds of salespeople who use different things to succeed. And I can tell you the stories of what I'm doing in all of these clients. So if, when you're trying to vet out a, a sales expert about who to follow, you just need to be really careful. And I would also tell you, if you're, if you're looking at books, Amazon is beautiful. Go to reviews. Yeah. Go read the reviews for any book. And, and don't just go to your country. You know, sometimes what I'll do is, from, even from the U.S., Luigi, I'll go to Amazon.co.uk, uh, yep, and, and I'll go to the .au, and I will get a flavor, and I'll see. Oh, look, that guy's talking sales, but his book has four reviews in his own country. Hmm. My my freaking little American book has fifteen. I'm like, well, okay, so much for the expertise there. <laughs> like, read what the people are saying, yeah, because because you it's it, it's hard to fake that, hmm. you know. So that it's it you need to vet it out, and and this is going to sound really crazy because. You and I both appreciate the followings we have online, but most salespeople would do better if they just got the heck off of LinkedIn. Yeah. And I don't mean for selling reasons. I mean for reading reasons. If you would stop searching for the shortcut and stop looking for the new sales hack and, 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 and always trying to find out what, you know, what is it? What's, what's the new trick and, and actually put the same time into honing your, your basics 
and working on your prospecting and fixing your messaging instead of just playing online reading about sales, start doing sales. Yeah. Start absolutely. practicing and working instead of just surfing because that's not helping a lot of people. Mm. Man, this is, you know, there's gold in this, Mike. There's absolute gold, and and we've got to continue to we've got to continue to push this message, um, because this is a, this is such an important message that we need to help sales professionals globally continue to realise is there is no shortcut to success. Um, but there's one thing that I really enjoyed listening to in your in the audible right, and that was and and reading was the the presidential election. I loved how you used the the presidential election. Um, you know, Hillary Clinton versus Donald Trump, because there's a key message in that. And if we take it all the way back to the start of the sales, but I'll say this, whether it's outreach, you know, it doesn't matter if people say, oh yeah, but I've tried outreach campaigns and not working. Um, this is where that message is so important, right? Uh, help us, look, share with us a little bit more about the, the learning from, you know, that particular, from the, from the presidential election. Okay. Frame, frame that up. Which direction do you want me to go with that? Because okay. I took a risk, right, with that, yeah. that chapter. <laughs> what I loved about it yes. was you, in the book, it spoke about the fact that there was a clear message and it was talking to the gap. It was talking to the problem. It was talking to what people were feeling versus one person didn't have a gap, didn't have a message at all and it didn't resonate with people. And so if I look at that from an outreach perspective, I'm saying what makes good outreach, regardless of which channel we do it across, it's our message talks to the person receiving that message. It ain't about us. Um, yeah, and, and that's, that's so what good. I love about that particular example. You said, you know what? And you actually told people, I didn't, this is not about me liking um, Hillary Clinton or uh, Donald Trump. It's about the learning from getting your message right. Right. Yeah. And you, and you know, that's one of my favorite topics is yeah. the messaging, the sales story. And there's a whole chapter, chapter 10 in sales truth about how to structure compelling issue and outcome focused messaging. Mm. But the, the thing you're bringing up is in chapter four, where I took a risk and I, I, I basically shared seven sales lessons from the 2016 U S presidential election. And obviously it's a very controversial topic. Yeah. Um, you know, my publisher wasn't even happy about that chapter. They tried to take it out of the book and I, and I fought for it and I, I won the argument Yeah. because the whole world, Donald Trump has made the whole world crazy. Yeah. Um, and I understand why, and I can't stand the man and I couldn't stand Hillary Clinton either. So I voted, for, I voted for myself. Yeah. Yeah. For that's right. I, would love, <laughs> I have, I have a picture of my ballot. I wrote my own name in it to prove it. And I think I got a total of three votes. <laughs> even, even all three of my own kids did not vote for me, but <laughs> I couldn't vote for either of them because I they, I thought it, it, they were both immoral and goofy and unlikable and unfit for to be president. So that's neither here nor there. So I didn't write this from a political angle. I wrote it from a sales coach's perspective. So everyone take a deep breath. I'm not promoting Donald Trump <laughs> uh, when I say this. But if you go back to the campaigns, there were many things that he did well and many things that she did poorly. And that's where I came up with these seven lessons. And one of the biggest ones is lesson number one, it's about the messaging. Mm. Hillary changed her message 50 different times during the campaign. Yep. And every time the message she tested, it was about her. I'm with her. She's the smartest woman ever. Help her break the glass ceiling and become the first woman president. Mm. She's so qualified, right? And, yep. and so on and so forth. Trump's message was, and everyone knows it, make America great again. Mm. 
And even though he was obnoxious and potentially racist and xenophobic, he said stuff like, we're going to protect the borders yep. and we're going to reduce terrorism. And even though I'm going to offend Muslims, I'm going to tell you it's going to be harder to get into our country coming from Muslim countries. And I'm going to put uh, different rules for trade and change the trade imbalance. And I'm going to bring jobs back to the upper Midwest where the Democrats have ignored you and all you labor people and the unions who always vote Democrat. I'm actually going to help you because we're going to start making stuff in America again. Mm. And whether he was lying or telling the truth and whether you like or don't like his message. And I'm, I'm just sharing what I saw. Yeah. His message was about the constituents. It was about the customer, the voter. Mm. I'm going to make your country great again. I'm going to help you get a job. I'm going to protect you from the bad guys. I'm going to level the playing field so that you can compete with these bad countries that are, that are drowning us with their cheap goods. It wasn't about him. And yeah, he bragged a lot about his own success and was certainly unlikable, but his core message was about the outcome for the American people. Her core message was about herself. Yeah. And most salespeople, when they talk, they lead with their company, their product, and their solution, and themselves. And they talk about how long they've been in business and how many locations they have and how big they are. <laughs> and the truth is, customers really don't give a rip what you do or about your company. They want to know what's in it for them. And that's a very strong message for salespeople. You've got to be about the stuff that's on the mind of the customer. Hmm. They have pains they would love removed. They have problems they want solved. They have better results they're looking to achieve. All of those are outcomes. If you could lead with outcomes, people will run to you instead of run away from you. And Mike, there is, you know, this is why this this book is a must read because I take, you know, people go, the buyer's changed, you know, every, the, the digital economy. I got a book from Og Mandino, the greatest salesman in the world, and he's written another yeah. couple of books, and Yadal Carnegie's, right? That message of making it about them hasn't changed, right? <laughs> the philosophy in my eyes of selling has not changed. There's always been a, the, 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 the best practice and then the empty suit, as our friend, mutual friend Larry, talks about, right? Um, yes, and in my yes. eyes, it's going, the buyer hasn't changed. They still need a message that resonates. Like consultative selling has been around for how long, you know? Like if we think of solution selling and all that sort of stuff. It's just some people have executed it well and, and made it about the customer and others make it about them. And that's why, you know, when we talk about Jeb Blunt, you know, you don't show up and talk about you and just throw up on them, right? <laughs> We've got to make the message clear. And this is one of the key, the key messages I'm hoping my listeners get from this is get the message right and get it about them. Because when we make the message right about them, then we can help them achieve a better state. So really appreciate you sharing that with us, Mike. Oh my gosh, this has been so much fun, Luigi. Thank you for having me. Thank you for uh, highlighting the book and sharing your excitement. We are sales brothers uh, yeah. on the other side of the world from each other. And I love what you're doing. And thank you for the chance to talk about sales truth and, and just talk sales with you. No, I really appreciate it, mate. So look, I'm, 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 just before I let you go, because I know we're on, a, we're on a tight schedule, um, where can our listen, and we'll put everything in the show notes, but where's the best place for them to contact you? Oh, thanks, man. Uh, I'm very active on social media, which I know is funny <laughs> after this conversation. Yeah. Uh, it's Mike underscore Weinberg, W-E-I-N-B-E-R-G, Mike underscore Weinberg. And my website is MikeWeinberg.com, where I blog about once a week. Yep. And uh, 
the book, you know, Amazon's probably the easiest place. Yeah, perfect. Uh, so we're going to put a link in there. We're going to put that in the show notes. But, mate, I just want to say, um, and this is, you know, you've contributed in such a positive way to my career. I'm a better salesperson for reading your books. Um, I'm, I'm absolutely a better sales professional from attending Outbound. And I look forward to, you know, continuing to build our relationship and, and you know, speaking the truth in the sales world. Boy, amen to all that. Thank you, Luigi. It's, it's an honor and I appreciate you and excited to see about all the people you're going to be helping win more new sales. Thanks, mate. Mike Weinberg brought it. He smashed it. He told us what those truths are that we need to be successful as sales professionals. What I love about Mike Weinberg's message is it's raw. He's vulnerable. He tells you how it is. And he doesn't just tell you how it is from a theoretical perspective. It's because he's doing it every day. He's working with organizations across leadership and sales, and he's seeing the challenges that our industry is faced with, and he's also working with them to improve their practice. He's working with them to drive more results, get more in the bank. So my challenge to you this week is, what are some of the truths that you need to realize and hold yourself accountable so you can be the best sales professional you can be.